this is John Strassa, and this is the Sower Seeds Podcast, and today we're going to continue our episode on You Are Forgiven. This is the topic that we were on last time, and we're just going to continue it, I think, this one more episode. And you know, you are forgiven, and I don't care what the devil says, I don't care what the enemy says, I don't care what religion says, you are forgiven. Jesus paid a heavy price for that to be true. And it's the, one of the greatest truths you can understand and adopt to yourself uh, by receiving Christ. It's one of the greatest truths that you should understand about your life in Jesus. So we're going to continue with that because it's just so important. There is an awesome account in Mark 2 about, about a paralytic man. He was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And Jesus forgave him and he healed him. And I want to go over this account because so much happens in here that I believe is going to really be a great blessing to reveal to you just how uh, forgiven you are. Okay, so let's go to Mark 2. This is really an awesome account. I'm going to read out of the Amplified today. I usually don't teach out of the Amplified, but reading this one is just perfect for this uh, passage today. So... Uh, whatever uh, account you have, whatever version you have, that's just fine. Um, but I'm going to use the Amplified. So Mark 2, and let's start right from the beginning. It says, And Jesus, having returned for Capernaum after some days, it was rumored that he was in the house, and it was probably Peter's house. And so many people gathered together there that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he was teaching and discussing the word. And they came, bringing a paralytic man to him. He was paralyzed. Who they picked up. It was four men picked him up and brought him. And when they couldn't get in front of Jesus because of this crowd, they got up on the roof and dug through the roof, right above where Jesus was, and they scooped out an opening and they let down the man in a, in a quilt or a pad in which they laid him. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, and I want you to see this, this is verse 5, and this is really critical. Son, first of all he called him son. Your sins are forgiven you. They are put away. And the Amplified Version continues by saying, that is, the penalty is remitted, the sense of guilt removed, and you are made upright and in right standing with God. Now imagine this for a minute. And imagine who these people were, a people who had been under Old Testament law for their whole history as far as they knew. It's all they knew. It was ingrained in them. And these four men brought the paralyzed man to get healed. But Jesus said, son. So he called him a son. Right off the bat. And told him that his sins are forgiven. Uh, the New King James simply says, son, your sins are forgiven. Now this is amazing. He referred to him as son first thing. So see it in your life, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven. The man didn't ask for forgiveness. 
there were people all over the place. There were so many people, they couldn't even really move. And the first thing Jesus says is, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And, and basically what he said to him, you are upright before God. You're righteous before God. There is no penalty for your sin that needs to be paid. You are forgiven. That's what he was saying. Now, what's interesting is the next thing that happens, because there were scribes there. These were the religious people of the day. So it says in verse 6, Now, some of the scribes were sitting there, holding a dialogue with themselves and questioning, look, in their hearts. Why does this man talk like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins, remove guilt, remit the penalty, bestow righteousness, except for God alone? And Jesus was aware of it. He, could, he felt it in his spirit. He became fully aware in his spirit that they were talking like this among themselves and said to them, look at this, look at this. Why do you argue or reason about these things in your hearts? This is saying that on a heart level, these religious people did not believe that Jesus had the right to forgive sins. They didn't even have as much trouble with him healing. But when it came to forgiveness of sins, they had a real problem with that. It was not in their thinking. They were bothered that Jesus could do it, and they were bothered that it was happening at all. So he said, why do you reason this way in your hearts? Because on a heart level, this bothered them. Here they had the Old Testament scriptures saying that a Messiah would come and he would remove their sins from them for forever. And here's the Messiah doing that very same thing and it bothered them, it disturbed them on a heart level. And if you bring that into today, forgiveness of sins, when it, when it comes to the heart level of so many people who are very religious, they struggle with the forgiveness of sins. They struggle with the grace of God coming up to a man who they probably judged as having been in sin because he was paralyzed. The man never asked for forgiveness that we know of anyway. They brought him there to get physically healed. So their attention was on his body. And yet the first thing Jesus does is call him son. This is amazing. This was radical. This never happened before like this. Not in that day. And then he said, your sins are forgiven, meaning I have taken away, I've wiped away all the guilt, the shame, the penalty of your sins. You're forgiven. And man, did that bother the religious people who were sitting there. So Jesus questioned them in verse 9. He said, which is easier? 
to say to the paralyzed, your sins are forgiven and put away, or to say, rise up and take your, your mat and start walking and keep on walking. I want to show you something here. And verse 10 says something huge. But that you may know positively and beyond a doubt that the Son of Man has right and authority and power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, pick up your mat and walk and go to your house. The New King James says, and I say to you, he's talking to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. So Jesus is saying, which is easier to say to the, the, uh, to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or arise and take up your bed? But that you may know. He was speaking to the people that were sitting there. That you may know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the Son of Man has the right and authority on earth to forgive sins. He healed the man. And if you go throughout the New Testament and follow Jesus, you'll see that he healed people all the time. The Jewish nation understood through their history that healing was something God did when forgiveness and redemption was present. They just understood that. That was a part of life for them. Nobody had to come along and even tell them that. We struggle with it more today than, than they did then. Healing didn't, didn't, it astonished them, but they didn't have a hard time accepting it. But here, in verse 10, Jesus is saying that you may know that I can forgive. I'm going to turn around and heal him. That was the proof. And the people just glorified God when they saw, because you can't see with your natural eyes somebody else necessarily being forgiven, and they couldn't, not at that point. And this amazing thing happens here when Jesus proves by healing the man that his sins were forgiven. They understood that. Again, this is something that the Jewish nation understood. Healing of the body and healing of their land and healing of their crops and healing of their animals was always part of uh, the forgiveness that they received. It was a package deal. It was the way it, it, was, the way it was. They understood that. They didn't struggle with that. They struggled with the forgiveness of sins more than healing. And the religious people of the day struggled with it even more, that Jesus could forgive. Now, there's many things can be taken out of this, but for this message to say, you are forgiven, we're talking about you are forgiven, you can see here that this man was brought to him and the first thing Jesus said is, son, he was in the family of God. And he let him know 
that he was forgiven. And you know, Jesus was reaching forward a little bit here because he hadn't yet even been crucified and said, it is finished. That's how sure the salvation of Jesus was. That is how sure this plan of God was. He spoke forward and prophesied forward to his crucifixion where he would take upon himself our sins. But it was so sure, he said it right here, son, your sins are forgiven. And the Lord put on my heart a scripture to move on from this story, a scripture in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Paul was talking about all of this, what Christ had done and how sure it was. And you can read it. You can read 2 Corinthians 5. But I just want to read a verse or two out of 2 Corinthians 5. It's verse 17. Now here, we've just seen an example where this man is brought to Christ. The they, four men went to all this trouble to, to put him through a roof to be healed. But the first thing Jesus made clear was that his sins were forgiven and that he called him son. That's family. And to prove it, he healed his body so that the people there who understood this innately through their history, their Jewish history, realized this is a full forgiveness. He healed him, so he's forgiven. That was the proof. And that man, by the way, did get up and he walked. And people glorified God. And we know that, that Jesus went to the cross and died. He took our sins upon him and he died. And he rose again. And this is the gospel. And moving over now to Paul talking about this gospel because he understood so deeply what Jesus did. And this story in Mark is just one example. There are so many. But Paul wanted to make very, very clear to us depth and the fullness of the forgiveness of our sins. So in 2 Corinthians, he, he makes a statement. So now we're talking about Paul here, making this statement through the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, therefore, and the word therefore means there was a lot of stuff he already said, and it was about the finished work of Christ. So he concludes by saying, therefore, all this talk, he was talking about Jesus and, and how we were forgiven and redeemed. And he's saying, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, look, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ 
and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And look at that in, in verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them. That's what he did with this paralytic man. He didn't even talk about his sins. He let him know he was his son and that his sins were forgiven. And how much more after the cross, when it was finished, when all sought, complete and finished, are we forgiven? Because Jesus took that sin. You know, this man who was paralyzed did nothing to be forgiven. And he did nothing to be healed. Nothing. But Jesus did it first thing with this man. Forgiveness was at the top of the list. It, it was what he gave that man for free. And the man didn't work for it or do anything for it. Your forgiveness is given to you for free. Jesus paid, which means he's the one who paid for it, and he gave it to you as a gift of his love for you and made you in right standing with God. And that's what Paul is saying here in Corinthians. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. When you are forgiven, you are made right with God. You are a new creature. You are son, daughter. Be sons, be daughters. You're a new creation. You're a new creature. You're alive, a new being. And he's saying that old things have passed away. You know, the Lord put it on my heart this morning to bring a topic up that many people hold as guilt in their lives, and that's that maybe they weren't the best parents in the world. I don't know who this is for. And brothers and sisters, this could be about any sins that make you feel ashamed. Anything that you bear feeling ashamed. But the Lord just put it on my heart to mention this to those of you who are parents who feel that you just didn't do a good job. You felt like a failure in some way, shape, or form. And I know how that feels. Many of us know how that feels. And it hurts harder because you think about your own children where you may have failed them something that you maybe couldn't even undo. There's many things that you have done, those of you who are out there listening, in your history that you're ashamed of, and the Lord is saying, that has passed away. He forgave it. He took it away. You don't need to bear it. And brothers and sisters, that's the good news. That's what causes us to fall in love and serve God. To remain in guilt or sorrow doesn't serve you well. 
to receive the forgiveness does. Jesus made very clear that he who is forgiven much will love much. And it's so true. It is, it's so true. So here's Paul saying this, old things have passed away. That's what he's talking about, that old sinful nature and the sin that, that shamed you. The Lord's not going to remember that anymore. We went over that in the last episode. He'll forget it forever. He'll remember your sins no more. We saw that in Jeremiah. And all things have become new. You have a new life. You are a son. You're a daughter. And just like this paralyzed man, when, when he came, you know, when somebody actually brought him to Jesus, the first order of business that Jesus took to was to tell him that he was a son. And the second thing was to tell him that his sins were forgiven, that they were removed, that they were taken away. The penalty was not to be paid. The guilt was removed and that he was made upright and in right standing with God. And he didn't do anything for that to happen other than stand before Jesus with his heart open. As you have done and you received Christ, Finally, and therefore, I would say, and the word says, and God says, you are forgiven. And it's thorough. And it's always. And anything that says otherwise, anything from the past, any picture from the past, is nothing more than a lie that you can toss away. And if something bothers you from your past, talk to God about it. And look at what he says in his word. He's not going to shame you. He's not going to condemn you. He took the penalty for those things. And your job is to receive that love because that love will change you from the inside out and you won't be doing those things anymore. Because you're a new creature. That's why Paul is saying this in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. This is such a critical scripture for you. It's critical for all of us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Oh, that's something you really need to see and believe. That the old things have passed away. And he says, behold, he says that he's... So he can say, look at this, behold it, all things have become new. And verse 18 is something that most people don't even believe. It says, now all things are of God. And what he's saying there is this new creation, our spirit was made new when we were born again. That part of you is what this scripture is saying. Now all things are of God. That part of you is of God and lives in you. God lives in you. And he is perfecting us in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls and our bodies. We're growing. But this new creation, this new creature, this new man is of God. That is 
who you are, and that is who God sees. When he looks at you, he looks at this born-again creation. This is so good. This is a mystery, and it's deep, but it's so good. So I'm going to leave it there, because that's what the Holy Spirit is saying. Leave it here. Brothers and sisters, you are forgiven. And as you receive that forgiveness and understand it more, your love for God will go through the roof because you'll see what a good God he is and what a good gospel this is and what a good word this is and the love of the Father for you, how amazing and deep it is. God bless you. Thank you for listening in today. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. I know we have some treasures on the way. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.